condensed it. So we want to keep these reminders before you for the next two months. And uh, if AV is ready, they give me the thumbs up. I'm going to hush my mouth. Is that a, th that th is that a thumbs up? I stand up? here on today at the statue of the divine servant as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ washes the feet of Peter. This is a statue that pictures the essence of servanthood. And with that same theme, I want to challenge every single one of you to embrace our Back to Church movement. What is Back to Church movement? It's a calling of believers to come back to church. We've reset for summer. We've had our vacations. We've had our time off. Now it's time to get back to church, back to work, back to the things God has called us to do. Come on, give God a little praise right there. So we have a threefold emphasis of attending, giving, and serving. And the emphasis for the next two months, beginning last Sunday, that each of us would strive for perfect attendance. And uh, these are just habitual things. The more you practice, the more you put into practice, the more you'll discover it becomes a part of who you are for Sundays and Wednesdays. Look at your neighbor and say, Wednesdays too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the second emphasis is to get actively engaged uh, in serving, in ministry. And, and so what I want you to do is I want you to be as prayerful and focused as you can uh, because in a week or so we're going to have some people in the foyer just kind of talk about the ministries that we have to offer at Greater Bethlehem Baptist Church. We have many ministries. You see many of them active right now. We've got the choir right in front of you. you got AV above. you got the ushers standing there. When you came in, you were greeted by hospitality. You dropped your children off at the children's ministry. They need support. You took your teenager over to the U-turn. The U-turn ministry needs support. Our medical ministry is here positioned with their wonderful white coats. we got all kinds of places. But if you know how to blow the horn like Brother Hobart, you can get your horn and, and we can talk about it. Amen. But we want you to find your place to serve. Thirdly and finally is an emphasis on giving. Uh, Pastor Brown, I just, I can't give right now. I'm not a giver. Hey, start off with 2%. Just, just say, Lord, what are you blessing me with to bring home? Let me begin by giving you 2%. We know that the, the command and the expectation is much greater, but you got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere, and that's a wonderful starting point for an individual just to consistently do 2%. And then for those who are already committed to giving, step yours up by 2% during this season. And what that will do, it will help us to bridge this deficit that we have uh, as a result of coming out of the summer months. So give God another hand for greater together. Come on if you can. And with that same ethos, that same enthusiasm, would you stand with me for the reading of the word? Stand with me for the reading of the word. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to make our way down to verse 25. Just one verse on today that we will read. And I want you to find that. Y'all looking good today. Oh, I like that jersey. Can I borrow that today? Can I borrow that jersey? That number four. I need that number four. It may be a little big on me, though. Amen. I like that one. That's, yeah, it looks, looks mili militaristic. Amen. Amen. I'm giving you time to find Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. Those that are found to say, I've got it. I want y'all to listen as I read from the Christian Standard Bible. Therefore, putting away lying, speak the truth, each one to his neighbor, because we are members of one another. Speaking the truth 
each one to his neighbor because we are members of one another. I want to put a tag on this text and preach from the message, friends speak. Friends speak. Heads about eyes are closed. Father, we thank you so much for uh, this tremendous privilege. Thank you for your presence on today. Thank you for meeting us here uh, and allowing our worship team to set the atmosphere that they handed it off to our choir members that reminded us that grace is truly amazing. And Lord, now we stand prepared to receive your word. So Father, I pray now that you touch every person under the sound of my voice, Lord. Allow us to let down our guard, our guard of self-preservation, our guard of self-protection. And Father, allow your spirit and your word to speak to us. Lord, help us to learn how to speak to others. We love you. We thank you. We glorify you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you so much, ushers, for all that you do in setting the atmosphere. At the beginning of each message, we have what's called a message moment. And the purpose of this message moment is to help capture uh, the essence of what we're preaching about. It is important that you understand what Pastor Brown is trying to communicate uh, in a succinct manner. So our message moment kind of summarizes the entirety of the sermon. Here is what it says on today. In healthy relationships... Friends tell the truth with love. In healthy relationships, friends tell the truth with love. Now, last week we talked about friends help. And in doing so, we talked about refraining from condemning others when others fall or fall short and, and having that, that attack judgment mode always in effect. So on today, we're taking it a step further to help us to see that friends speak. Friends speak. Do you struggle telling the truth? Do you struggle telling the truth with love? I got a witness already. See, in this life, we have varying sorts of individuals. We have those who don't want to hear the truth, regardless of how they say they do. And we have those who cannot find the truth to speak, regardless of how they're asked to. And where there is an absence of truth, there will be an absence of trust. Where there is an absence of truth, there will be an absence of trust. Where there is an absence of truth, there will be an absence of trust. And so this goes beyond, uh, does this outfit make me look fat? But it cuts to the core of our healthy relationships. Can your friends trust you to be consistent, truthful, and kind 
when you have a difficult conversation that you must have? Can your friends trust that you will give me what I need to receive, but in a way that will not tear me down? So Warren Wiersbe helps me with this, and he helps us by saying that truth without love is brutality. Truth without love is brutality. But then he goes on to say, and love without truth is hypocrisy. Love without truth is hypocrisy. Now, if I were to unpack Warren Wiersbe's statements, essentially what he is saying is this. You tell the truth in the best way you can, but you make sure it is gift-wrapped in love. I hope y'all are hearing me this morning. But Tim Keller goes a little step further into more detail, and he says, truth without love is harshness. Truth without love is, is harshness. It gives us information, but in such a way that we cannot really hear it. Have you ever had someone to try to tell you the truth and they were so harsh and abrasive that they may have been speaking the truth, but you couldn't hear it and consequently you did not receive it. But then he goes on to say love without truth is sentimentality. See, it supports and affirms us, but keeps us in denial about our flaws. See, these are the people in our lives that we can be just as wrong as we can be, and they're going to tell us we look good being wrong. I'm coming back to that in just a moment. So, when we say friends speak, it is to be framed within the context of people who rely on the other person to help him or her to see the blind spots in their lives, to help them to see their sincere shortcomings. And you do know you have some blind spots. There are some areas in your life that you simply cannot see. If I make this plain, see, when I'm, when I'm bench-pressing, uh, 400 pounds. I think my mic may have cut out. Let me try it again. When I'm bench pressing 400 pounds, I need KC right there as both a supporter physically and also an encourager emotionally. And in both instances, y'all, I need him to be a truth teller literally. So if I begin to shake, it's 400 pounds, y'all. If I, if I begin to shake and, and it is clear that I'm about to lose my grip, I don't need Casey telling me I can get another rep in. When both of us know that I'm toast, regardless of how badly I may want to get another rep in, I need a friend at that moment who will tell me the truth. But not only that, I need him to grab hold of what is about to take me out 
step in with honesty and authority, not just because he's stronger, but because he sincerely cares about my well-being. I'm coming down your block. Now, y'all, we've got friends, and, and we call them friends. I'll just say they're folks. And they're spotting for us, and they could care less about us. They co-sign on our sin, and yes, I'm talking about church folk. They'll tell us what we want to hear, and oftentimes they withhold the truth that we need to hear because they know that if they tell us the truth, we're going to leave them alone. I'm feeling this by myself. So we got these people in our lives that we've surrounded us, and they're really not our friends. They're those that we have dominion and control over. They tell us what we want to hear, and they dare not tell us what we need to hear. And many of us have gone on 20, 30, 40, 50 years in these fake relationships, and never at one moment has anyone uttered an ounce of truth. I was watching a story the other day that broke my heart has to do with how we pretend and how we cover up and how everybody goes along with it. This young man came to discover that the young lady that he thought was his big sister was in fact his mama, which made his parents his grandparents. But he didn't find out about it at home. He found out about it at school. And so, y'all, we, we have these scenarios even in our own family where we dare not speak truth. And then ultimately, we have these queen sugar revelations that rock our world. You ain't got to know what I'm talking about. Just say amen. Because no one wants to tell the truth. So they let you go on and live your life, and they know you're just as wrong as a $3 bill. But they don't want to tell you the truth because if they tell you the truth, then you're going to X you, they're going to X you off their list like they did everybody else. Oh, I must be preaching to you because you ain't saying amen. So most of our relationships suffer from a few challenges. Number one, suffer from a fear of loving confrontation. Y'all, we just don't know how to confront each other with love. We, we don't know how to tell each other the truth in love, also from selective truth. Y'all, that's some stuff that I knew wasn't true in my family. And if I would have opened my mouth as a young child, I probably would have got slapped in my mouth. But just some stuff just wasn't right. Some of it was right, but all of it wasn't right. And so we buy into these selective truths in our families, in our marriages, and in our lives. And then we also suffer from the challenge of a lack of desire to live with others in godly, biblical, in a godly, biblical way. And so we've allowed the world to infiltrate our relationships. And as a result, we suffer with others rather than thrive with others. Now, I don't know who I'm talking to. Maybe talking to everybody. But I'm here to let you know that it costs to be a friend. And so you got to ask yourself, am I willing to pay the price? 
Now, Pastor, what, what, what does it mean? What does it really mean to tell the truth? What, what does it mean to love? Get ready to scribble down a few notes. This is not really a part of the message, but it kind of is. But I just want to give these to you. First thing I want you to understand is honesty is not always easy. Honesty is not always easy. Honesty is not always easy. Watch this, to speak or to hear. Honesty is not always easy. So telling the truth is asking or allowing the Holy Spirit to craft the words that need to be said at that moment. The language of the text in verse 25 suggests a habitual speaking, ongoing speaking, where we, it, it becomes a part of our everyday language, where, where we consistently are speaking the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. So you're a truth teller. You're not a double talker. You're not a politician. You know, politicians, and no offense to politicians in here, but politicians have a way of adjusting to their audience. Oh, I feel that by myself. So if the politician is, is in a space that likes guns, yes for guns. But if they're in a space that doesn't like guns, ban the guns. So based upon where they are, that determines the truth that they tell. This is why this cliche is out. Uh, 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 I'm going to speak my truth. Y'all, that's, that's, that's heresy from the pit of hell. And I don't want anybody here ever talking about that fool. There ain't but one truth. And that, that listen, listen, I, I know there are some things that are personal to you, but that does not give you the right to call it truth. Do I have any witnesses up in here? If what you're talking about that's yours has changed, then it ain't truth. But anyway, 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 so I, that, that was for free. I, I, I don't know where that came from. Have mercy on my mind. So asking or allowing the Holy Spirit to give you the words to say at that moment, which means sometimes you can't speak yet. How many relationships, oh God, have, have, have you ended or have ended you? Why? Because you wouldn't take the time to allow the Spirit to give you the words for that moment. But love, let's talk about love. Love means ensuring that the person you're in a relationship with is made better as a result of your relationship with them. When you love someone, you want what's best for them from God's perspective. When I was youth pastor, I would tell my young girls all the time. When they would come and tell me, oh, but Pastor Brown, he says he loves me. I say, sweetie, if he loves you, he'd want what's best for you. And what's best for you is your purity and sanctity before the Lord. So he can't love you. He may lust after you. He may long for you. He may want what you have. But love is a higher standard because love says, I want what's best for you even if it denies or hurts me. Do I have a witness up in here? So all this love talk ain't love. That ain't love. We, we're trying to redefine love, but that ain't love. I want what's best for you. Not only as your pastor, but as your brother in Christ. 
So then, Pastor Brown, give me a little more about this love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 helps me to understand this. Uh, it says in verse 4, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Oh, I wish I had two more hours to preach right there. Some of us are relationship stenographers. And we got every wrong everybody has done. We have them cataloged and chronicled. And we pull them down at whatever point that we think is best. Stenographer. The exact opposite of what love is. Verse 6, love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. Love is not going to celebrate your ungodliness. They ain't going to co-sign on social media or elsewhere. Love is going to just keep silent on that kind of stuff. Because love knows. I'm not going to glory in what is destroying you. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So telling the truth is asking and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you at that moment. Doing in the love is making sure that you're helping that individual to grow and to be better. So Paul, in Ephesians chapter 4, he wants us to walk or to live or to engage others in such a way that we display for the world what redemption, what forgiveness, what patience, what kindness looks like. See, we don't realize that we are God's billboards for the world to see what a life transformed by Jesus Christ looks like. We are God's billboards. So there is always going to be the constant temptation to go back. Somebody say go back. To go back to what is familiar, to go back to what is comfortable, to go back to what we've even seen growing up as children. See, so much we've seen, so much we've done has been passed down to us, and we don't even realize how much of that stuff comes out in our current relationships. You saw mom and daddy do something, you do it now in your house. Ooh, help me, Holy Spirit. Man, a lot of us picked up ways from the men in our lives, players and otherwise. And as a consequence, we can't find a sentence that's true. We be lying in our sleep. We ain't know we lie. We just, just telling the truth is that, you know. Even when we hadn't been anywhere wrong, we still lie. You were at the store. Where you been? Oh, I, I was, what, what'd you say? Why, why you want to know that? I just wonder where you've been. Somebody said something to you? So Ephesians 4 again, Paul is saying you got to walk, you got to live in godliness, most importantly, in our relationships. There is health, there is no health without truth. There is no health without truth. So before we deal with our 
verse 25. Let's just back that text up for just a moment. Look at verse 22. He says, to take off your former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires. I want you to get ready to write real quickly. I want you to hear this from all the sincerity that I can muster. Listen carefully. The old you is the worst you. The old you, Stephen Brown, is the worst you. I know you take pride in how you used to be, how you used to tell folk, how you used to cuss folk. I know you take pride in that. I know you do. The old you is the worst you. And until you accept and believe that, your deliverance will be delayed. Brother, that old way of interacting with folk, where there's little to no truth, little to no integrity in your walk, the old you is the worst you. Sister girl, all them secrets you keeping, and just the exhaustive ways and the lengths that we go to keep and protect these secrets. The old you is the worst. Paul says, listen, take off that old stuff. And so your temptation is to keep going back. Look at your neighbor and say, don't go back. Listen, even if this sermon, listen carefully. Oh, y'all still talking. Go ahead and finish. I'm sorry. Don't let me interrupt. I'm sorry. Y'all finish? Somebody still talking. Okay. So, listen, listen. I forgot what I was about to say, but but here is the bigger point. That that, that just threw me. You got to understand, beloved, that, that when you keep going back, you're not getting what's best. Some of us are still, oh, God, you're saved. But, but you're still in these relationships like you're unsaved. I'm talking to married and the single folk. Don't, don't look around. Stop going back. You keep going back to that that God has delivered you from. So as a result, you know, and, and I pass y'all, we... We've developed these defense mechanisms to protect ourselves. I'm, I'm talking about interpersonal relationships, healthy. We, we, we develop these, these defense mechanisms. Silent treatment. Stop speaking to folk. Cuss folk out. Be mean to folk. Y'all stop looking at me like that. That's the old you. That's the worst you. You're better than that. God has delivered you from that and given you his protection. You don't have to fight the way you used to fight. So if your interaction with people has not grown or changed, then you're still operating out of the old. The old you is the worst you. Don't go back. And then he says in verse 23, he says, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self. I like that. The one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of the truth. The old you is the worst you. Secondly, the new you is the best you. Oh, somebody ought to be shouting right there. In other words, be the new 
you. Make folk do a double take. Did she just give me a compliment? Besides the fact that she spoke, wait a minute. I'm coming to join you, honey. You have been renewed, believer, child of God. The Lord has taken all those old ways and he has replaced them with his new spirit, his new way. And he wants you to interact with others in a higher level, on a higher plane. He wants you to interact with others with truth and with love. The new you is the best you. Be the new you. So you're a new creation, new power, new mind, new you. That's the best you. I know the new you may seem vulnerable because you don't have that stuff that you, you know, y'all, we tune, we got them, we got that, we got that language, we shoot it on them when they, and, and, and to not have that weapon, it, it, it almost feels like me without my cell phone this morning. You know, it's like I, I, I need it, I, 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 but you really don't, you don't need it. You don't have to go back. You don't have to talk crazy. You don't have to raise your voice. You don't have to be mean. Even if it is truth, you can say it nicer than you've been saying it. You don't have to stop talking to people. You don't have to ignore people. You don't have to do it. Be the new you. I know it's vulnerable. I know it's weird. I know it's different. And you feel vulnerable because if you allow people to see your real heart, you're afraid they're going to take advantage of you. But I'm here to let you know the Lord is a, is a protector. Let's, 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 let's bring this on home. So the application part is with truth-telling matched with love-giving. Is how friends speak. Truth telling matched with love giving is how friends speak. Of course, the, the foundational principle is this, that friends speak. Some of y'all got to start just speaking to folks. He sips his tea. I must have drank it all up. <laughs> Y'all, I speak to people I don't like all the time. Amen. Am I right? <laughs> and watch this. I'm not being insincere. I'm, 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 I'm not lying. You know why? Because scripture said greet each other. I'm being obedient. There is no scripture to say ignore people you don't like. Where is that in scripture? Uh, that is just not in my text. Lord, help my mind. So, truth telling matched with love giving is how friends speak. Speaking the truth in love. Number one, get ready to write. I'm going to give these real quick, I promise. Number one, it helps everyone to grow. Speaking the truth in love helps everyone to grow. Speaking the truth in love helps everyone to grow. Verse 15, I'm still in chapter 4, verse 15 says this, but speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. Wow. 
let us grow. So you mean to tell me as I learn how to communicate better, as I learn how to uh, gift wrap my language with love, as I learn how to seek the best for other individuals, I am helping them to grow. Yeah, and you helping yourself to grow. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 says, iron sharpens iron and one person sharpens another. Y'all, we cannot grow without each other. Marriages cannot grow if both the husband and wife are not partnered together to grow. Parent and child relationships, they cannot grow if the parent and the child are not working together to grow. You and your working relationships, those cannot grow even if it's an unbeliever because very likely you can win them over with your testimony, with your witness, with your lifestyle. So when you speak the truth in love, it helps everyone involved to grow, but we need each other. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. This is actually going to be my text for today. And the Lord wouldn't let me preach it, but he let me use it. Here's what it says. If your brother sins against you, go and rebuke him in private. Stop right there. I was going to preach this. I, I had a whole thing developed, and the Lord said, no, I ain't want you to go. You're not going that it's Sunday. Let me tell you something. Speaking the truth in love will almost always require you going to the other person. I ain't trying to shout you. I'm trying to help you. I don't know what you're waiting on. They ain't coming to you. Look at, look at your neighbor. They ain't, they ain't coming. Look at your neighbor. They ain't coming. And, and here's the last part. Here's the last part. You got to stop being okay with broken relationships. You got to stop being, no, don't clap, don't clap, you ain't going to do nothing. If you, no, don't clap. Main one clapping, ain't going to do nothing. <laughs> no, I'm just joking, I'm just joking. But no, I mean that. The burden, watch this, is on the one who's really thinking about it. Let, let me give you, let me say, they ain't thinking about you. They ain't thinking about you. So since it's keeping you up at night, since it's a burden on, every time you see them, you burden down. That's the spirit telling you, iron sharpens iron. Go on, talk to them and just see what happens. You think they're going to say something? Don't worry about what they say. You say what I'm telling you to say. I need a witness up in here. This is my clothes. I'm going to use it now. I know two ladies. I know two ladies. I know two ladies. Two dear sister friends. Right, this is a true story. They talk every day. Every day. Then one went on vacation, came back, and they kind of off. You kind of get off your schedule with your, with your friend, your home girlfriend. And then one called, the other one didn't answer, didn't call right back. All of a sudden, what's wrong? Something must be wrong. Well, I ain't going to call her then. Come on, y'all. y'all. Come on now. If I'm lying, I'm dying. One day turned to two days, turned to a week, turned to two weeks. So the one who hadn't been, you know, comfortable said, let me, let me call. Don't know what happened. Call didn't go through. I'll, I'll say that was just spiritual warfare. Amen. Because the call legitimately did not go through. So the person made a call. Well, that's it. I, I didn't try it. I ain't trying nothing. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I, I, this is a true story. Y'all. 
The whole summer passed. They ain't talked, not once. And the one just overcome with grief said, I'm going to try again. Made the phone call. A couple of back and forth, they get on the phone. Come to discover nothing was wrong. Nothing happened. Nobody was mad. Just situations where if we don't go to the person, we're never going to know. And right now, as I told that story, you got about 25 people. You think about it right now. Because you done changed friends like I changed shoes. You just been, you done had, this my best friend. Mm -mm, no, this my best, no, that's my, this, no, mm -mm, I, 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 yeah. It's going to help you to grow. You check that list and you go back to some of the folk you done stopped. Y'all preaching too long today. Good Lord Almighty. Galatians 6 and 1 says, brothers and sisters, if anyone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves so that you also won't be tempted. Verse 2, carry one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Y'all, our theme for our Back to Church movement is greater together. So when you speak the truth in love, everyone's going to go. They're going to go. You're going to go. Secondly, verse 25. Verse 25 says, therefore, putting away lying. I got to talk about that for just a little while. Let me, let me give you the point. Let me give you the point real quick. <laughs> Number one, speaking the truth helps everyone to grow. Number two, check this out. Speaking the truth removes ungodly motives. Speaking the truth removes ungodly motives. All right, now let's just look up at me. Don't look at your neighbor. Just look up at me. Please don't look at your neighbor. Now listen, some believers, look at me, have a problem telling the truth. Just look at me. They don't mean no harm. The more I discover it, there's some emotional stuff that hadn't been unpacked, a little psychological stuff, but they just, they, they, they just lie for no reason. You, you, got, you got these folks? They, they, don't mean no, they don't mean no harm. And they tell lies that are easily found out. It's like, why would you tell that lie? I mean, I... Case in point, like me lifting 400 pounds. That, that, that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? They tell them kind of lies. Like, dude, there's no way you can bench press 400 pounds. Keep looking at me. Somebody's going to get delivered. At least you're going to get on the street call deliverance real quick. Come on, stay with me. Listen carefully. Paul says, as the Spirit gives you power, watch this, overcome that lying tongue. Stay with me. Look at me. Because right now you're thinking of your cousin, them, your homeboy, your homegirl, you know. But when you put away, watch this, that lying tongue, watch this, your motives will be pure. And things will begin to happen. Things will begin to transform in your life. And it's, it's, it's almost like an addiction. You have to take it not just one day. Stay with me. You got to take it one conversation at a time. And you got to say, for this conversation, for this, this text message, for this social media post, I'm going to make sure that only truth comes out of my mouth or out of my fingers. Paul says, listen, you got to put away 
the lion. The Lord has already helped you overcome it by the power of Jesus Christ. So if you're still kind of bound in it, that means that that's an area that you got to work through. So when you remove ungodly motives, things begin to happen in the relationship. Number one, it builds trust. Have you ever been around a person that lies a lot, and when they finally tell the truth, you be like, Tch. and then when it comes out that what they said was true, you like, oh. I see them looking. It's like, you know why? Because you don't want them to lie. You want them to tell the truth. Gotta hope I'm making sense. Because you love them, you want what's best for them. So it builds trust. When you remove ungodly motives, it builds trust. But then secondly, it eliminates all the doubt. Your yes needs to be yes. Your no needs to be no. Paul says you got to put away the line. Put away the line. So helps everyone to grow. Speaking the truth removes ungodly motives. People will trust you. They won't doubt you. But then thoroughly and finally, I'm finished. Speaking the truth in love shows that we belong to each other. Speaking the truth in love shows that we belong to each other. Speak the truth, verse 25 to be clause. Speak the truth, each one to his neighbor, because we are members of one another. Now, of course, in this context, he's talking about the church. But as believers, we're connected. Y'all, we belong to each other. And that belonging helps me to understand that you've got my back. Somebody say amen. Amen. And I've got your back. Because we belong to each other. And there has to be a safe place. Where we can gather together and encourage one another, speak truth to one another, encourage and exhort one another, and do it within the context of a loving relationship. My closing quote, and I'm finished. This is so powerful. Jeremy Taylor puts it this way. Amen. He says, by friendship, you mean the greatest love the greatest usefulness, the most open communication, the noblest sufferings, the severest truth, the hardiest counsel, and the greatest union of minds of which brave men and women are capable. And y'all, that is the beauty of friendship. That is how friends Speak. Yes, friends help. But friends speak. And it is my hope and my prayer that that individual that may have given you the most grief, that you do like the young lady in my sermon, and you make another opportunity to be reconciled that you be the one to make the call. And even as you're dialing, even as you're preparing, ask the Lord to give you the words to say. 
give you the right response, the right mood, the right attitude. And watch what the Lord does when friends speak. Heads about, eyes are closed. Father, we thank you so much for the simplicity, power, and authority of your word. Lord, every single one of us has some areas to grow as it relates to our language. So right now, Lord, we're asking in faith that you grant each of us deliverance. Father, right now I'm praying for marriages. I'm praying for relationships with parents and their children. I'm praying for siblings. Lord, I'm even praying for cousin nims. Lord, we're so easy to write other individuals off, and it's just not your way, Lord. We just, Lord, may we not continue in sin, because that's what it is. So, Father, help us to sincerely repent and turn and change. Help us, Lord God, to be better than we've been. Help us to know that the old us is the worst us. But you've created us into something new. Help us to walk in that newness. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Give